0: A lot of times we want to have all this control over ourselves and how, how it goes. But if we say, okay, God, change me, transform me, that is like a whole humble giving up of ourselves, right? And I think when we do that, then we see what God is up to.
1: Well, hello, everyone. It's John Fanous. I'm here with David Ding. David Ding, the amazing David Ding. And we have a wonderful guest who's not a guest to our church, but a guest to this podcast. And her name is. Bronwyn Murphy. Bronwyn Murphy is here, and Bronwyn uh, preached last Sunday, and we will get into that. Uh, but hey, we're just so happy to be with you guys. Uh, but we usually like to start off with some type of icebreaker question, which David is usually the one that comes up with this, so you're on, Yeah, David. and
2: I, I usually think of weird ones, so so this one might be a little bit of a stretch. But you know, like serial mascots, or like brands, or like these figures, who do you feel like you identify most with, or like who would you want to be, like the Lucky Charms guy, or even like Mickey Mouse, or gotcha. So,
0: okay, Mickey is way too mainstream. Okay. I'm gonna go. Okay, so some backstory. Last week, I was speaking at a disability ministry conference in Texas, and I took my son with me. Never been to Texas. My friend told me you have to go to Bucky's. I said, "What's Bucky's?" It's a gas station, but let <laughs> me tell you what. It's not just any gas station. It's like if Walmart and Costco, the best pro shop, and like Candyland all formed an alliance, and it's the most enormous thing I've ever seen in Texas City, Texas, and the mascot is a very happy beaver that is on every (laughs) merchandise. I bought socks with Bucky the beaver on it. Bucky (laughs) runs Texas. I I would be Bucky.
2: Wait, but the main identity of Bucky is a gas station? Like, with all these things, the main thing is it's a gas
0: station? I mean, I kind of think it's just a giant conglomerate that happens to sell gas. Oh. Oh, It's so eclectic and eccentric, and I kind of would go with that, yeah.
1: It's kind of like when you're in Hawaii, the ABC store yes. dominates the whole, the whole yeah. state. It's yeah. like
0: that, but it's like the yeah. size of Hawaii. It is massive. <laughs> I'm going 100% with Bucky.
1: Oh, nice. So I have a weird one, only because recently, like if you asked me another day, I probably would have a different one. But yeah. so I went, I was in Sacramento yesterday, and I went to Ike's Sandwiches. We had one in Davis, oh. but I went to Ike's. And on their wall, they have these slogans about their bread. And one of them says finger licking good <laughs> and, and it's crossed out. Like it's not, it's like you can still read it, but it's crossed out. It's not then, that anymore. <laughs> and then there's an arrow and there's a letter there from KFC saying, that's our copyright phrase. Mm. You can't use that. And unless you get rid of this in your promotions, we're going to take the next legal action. So they actually posted that letter on the wall too. So it's just funny to me that they didn't get rid of it. They just crossed it out. <laughs> and they had to le- anyway, Long answer is Colonel Sanders is on my mind. And I would just want to be Colonel Sanders. Oh, interesting. <laughs> just because I like Kentucky Fried Chicken, which do they even call that it anymore? It's KFC. Have they gone I mean, back to fried? What are your know. thoughts
0: on bow ties? Doesn't he have a bow tie?
1: He has a bow tie. Yeah, I don't
0: know if I want to be him.
1: I just, I grew up with him. And I had this really vivid memory as a kid where I went to Universal Studios and they had a statue of Colonel Sanders there on oh. the tour. I don't know why, but all his fingers were gone. Oh, <laughs> And the tour guide says it was so finger licking good that he has no fingers. Oh. So I don't know why. It's just like memory. T- I have nothing. I don't want to look like him. I don't want to be like him. <laughs> you, you but, can that, be but for Sanders. today, that's who I want to okay. be. Oh, yeah.
2: Not the most 2022 no. choice, I feel. No. I had to go back to 1950s. David, so
0: far we have a, a, a Bucky. Uh, we have a Beaver and yeah. a, a, a Colonel Sanders with no hands or whatever. So,
2: <laughs> So mine's kind of weird too. I don't. I've always, as a kid, you know, like the old school McDonald's like characters. Yeah. So I was always fascinated with Grimace and yes. the Hamburglar. Yes. And so yes. I don't know if it was the cape and just the strange purple Isn't object,
1: like, like a, what a blob. Who, yeah. like a, who, ha, like who a came up blob? with those? Like it was such a big part of my childhood too. <laughs> yeah. Which we don't see them. In. We don't even see Ronald McDonald that much anymore, yeah. do we?
2: So, anyway, which
1: one do you want to be though?
0: Probably the Hamburglar. Yeah, he was he's cool. He always yeah. seemed cool. So yeah. yeah.
2: But what a
1: weird character, like you come in and steal
0: hamburgers? By Happy Meal Kids, we're going to take it from you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a solid question, David. That was Bowen. a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. All
1: right, Brown, When you're here, and oh, you I preached know. last Sunday on Romans 12, 17 through 21. And it's a short passage, so I think I'll read it first, but then my question will be, hey, why don't you summarize your message for us in a sentence or two? Sure. So here's the passage. Woo. All right, Brian. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So tell us kind of a summary of your message.
0: Okay. The uh, the one sentence uh, version yeah. would be, how do we respond to people when they treat us in unkind ways? Yeah. In light of the rest of chapter 12, what does that look like?
1: Right. And what was your answer to that question?
0: The answer to the question is uh, because, you go back in verse one and two, because of God's mercies, because of us being able to live as transformed people, we can change our patterns of Mm -hmm. behavior. We can change how we respond to people. Ultimately, God is the one that's doing the work, right? In each of us and in the other folks that maybe are treating us unkindly.
2: Yeah, good. For people who might be thinking like, well, because I think enemies feels like such a strong word for people. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. as a helpful thing, like how would you even define enemies?
0: I think there's this idea of proximity, right? With an enemy. Um, Mm -hmm. They are often people who are close to us. Mm. For instance, I've never been to New Zealand, so I probably don't have enemies there. I mean, I'm not aware. Maybe someone on this podcast (laughs) can let me know. Someone out there might hate you. (laughs) I I mean, I might get an email. It's broughton at ucov.com. Let me know. (laughs) But, you know, if we're talking about within my own circles, right? Within Davis, California, within where I've been, now we're kind of talking, right? People um, I've treated unkindly, they've treated me unkindly, we've gone back and forth with that. It's it's this idea of proximity, right? And I think that's what makes mm. this idea of enemies a little bit jarring, is that we think of someone like, oh, that's someone close to me, right? Mm-hmm. Or something close to me.
1: I often think of it as someone who's just angry with me, honestly, or maybe someone I'm angry with. Um, I've kind of used that as the enemy definition. And there are times, I think, in leadership where you have to make tough decisions sometimes that are right for the church right for whatever you're leading but it's not always doesn't always feel right to the individual and often some of those people might be upset and
2: yeah so it sounds like enemies are like they can even be temporary relational states mm-hmm. like it's not so much like you are forever my enemy right. but it could even just be like in this moment you are my enemy mm-hmm. which i think might help contextualize the yeah, passage that's really yeah
1: it's really good do not take revenge so, do not repay evil for evil. There's this is idea of when someone does something or intend, intends something bad for you, scripture is saying to respond in a way that is not proportional, but rather respond with love instead. I can just hear the arguments. What? I'm supposed to let someone keep hurting me? Mm. Like, yeah, what would you say to that and that's for both of you?
0: Uh, no, I would uh I would Take that in context with the the next verse, verse 18, that insofar as it depends on you, you'll live at peace. And I think that does, that can and will look different depending on your situation. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, in the sermon I said, it's kind of this nagging question I had as I was prepping. Well, what if like someone is so destructive, so in de- this consequence sort of so devastating and it's maybe even dangerous? Like, what do you do then? And maybe it is to live at peace, to not repay evil for evil, you leave that situation. I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to be different, I think, mm-hmm. you know, because human relationships are dynamic, right? There's not a um, right. There's not like a pamphlet or a roadmap. Right. They if they do, do this, same. yeah, then do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think it is nuanced. And so I, yeah. I do think those verses are, are, are together.
1: Yeah. The other thing that's interesting about this passage in particular to me that feels different than other passages with the same theme is it doesn't really talk about uh, your heart towards the person. It's talking about what you do towards the person. Mm-hmm. Not that your heart doesn't matter, but this one really focuses on Here's what you ought to do uh, in response. And so that's a helpful thing that maybe my heart isn't caught up sometimes, Mm -hmm. but I'm still called to act in a certain way Mm. towards a person as God would want me to act with the hope that my heart catches up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the kind of counseling cliches I use often is hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And so I think about that situation where one person's hurting another and then that question you asked about like, oh, do we just kind of be a doormat essentially? But the thing is like when one person's hurting another person, that person is also being hurt in the process. It's not so much a one directional, it's complete brokenness. And so to keep patterns of brokenness going is not only hurting you, but it's also hurting the other person. So I think it's kind of um, maybe a little bit misguided to think that, uh, to let people hurt you is like the more humble or Christ-like thing to do because you're actually enabling negative behavior that's bad for them. And so, yeah.
1: Do either of you have stories without mentioning names of, well, I guess it could be two ways. I was going to ask where you had to apply this or maybe someone's applied it with you. <laughs> like mm. you've been the jerk or the difficult person, but they've responded in a way that was loving. Uh, so either way. And then I have a story I want to share where, I was trying to love someone who was hurting me and it didn't go well, but I think God still did something good. But anyway, do you guys have stories of either be on either end of this?
0: Yeah. Uh, I no, I don't No, I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never, never had, a conf- had to do this. Yeah. I'm almost 39. I never had a conflict my whole life. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, you know, in, in the sermon, I use that example of my sister and I arguing. Right. And then suddenly I, I put her in a box and put her on the porch. I mean, did mm. I win? Like, mm. I, I don't know. Right. Was that like, was that winning? You know, and, and, and my sister and I talk about this story all the time because in mm-hmm. retrospect it's really funny. But I mean, if we're in it to win it, I think that's a whole different mm-hmm. a whole different thing. Like, are we in this, are we in this conflict? Are we trying to win? And how do we know like what is winning? Right. Yeah. And if we but if we're not approaching it that way and we're in it for the relationship and like the restoration of a relationship, I think we behave differently. And there are times where I have when I'm focused on the relationship, I go, okay, like what what does winning look like here? Mm-hmm. Right. Does, does winning look like we restore the relationship? Is this relationship even able to be restored? Yeah. So I think we kind of yeah. look at it in the, in right. those ways.
2: Good. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I there's a lot. <laughs> so I'm like trying to filter through which one to share. But the one that I guess comes to mind most today is uh, I had a really, really close friend. Um, or I still have a really, really close friend um, who when... In our early 20s, um, he got into a relationship that was clearly kind of had a lot of red flags. Okay. And was a it lo- a romantic
1: relationship? Yeah, or a yeah, friendship? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And, and our friend group, trying to be like the supportive friends that we were, were just kind of like, yeah, you know, we're happy for you, XYZ. But I was very like, no, this is like bad. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I internalized that as like, well, as his good friend, I need to just tell him the hard truth and kind of help him see kind of reality, whatever. Um, But the way I did that was not the most compassionate way. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of ultimatums, Mm -hmm. a lot of, Mm -hmm. you know, stark things. And it just really hurt him. Mm -hmm. And so on one hand, I was saying something that I felt was good and true and real. Um, but the way I did it was poorly done. And so obviously it was poorly received. Um, and then so that broke up our friendship for over like two, three years. Yeah. And then it was about two, three years after that where things with the relationship really did go quite badly. Mm. Um the relationship he was in. Yeah. yeah. And so he So you called and said I told you so. Yeah. No. Oh, oh no. sorry, sorry. <laughs> So, he called uh, asking to meet up and then just kind of sharing how he was sorry for – so, I think the reason I wanted to share that story is because in both instances, we were both enemies to each other. Yeah. You know? Um, And so, that's why I think, you know, as this verse, it's it's never that one-sided where it's like one is the enemy, one is the right. Right. You know, this isn't kind of – There's often complications. So, so that's –
1: I have a story, the whole, uh, I'm glad you brought up as far as possible, depend, depends on you live at peace with everyone. I have a story, I'm going I'm to spare the details just to protect the anonymity, but um, I was in a, uh, a working relationship with a, a wonderful lady, a wonderful person, uh, but we didn't, we had a hard time working with each other. We would both acknowledge that. And I would easily say I was a contributor to that. It wasn't one way. Um, and I think it was like, and that relationship ended, we moved on and we really didn't talk and I'm I'm guessing here, but I think it was about 10 years later, you know, as I was just kind of praying and just assessing my relationships, God was just nagging me about this one unresolved relationship. And I, my sense was, hey, John, he was saying, John, you could point out everything she did wrong and she has a list too. But what I want you to do is go meet with her and confess what you did wrong and ask for forgiveness. I'm like, okay. So it was like, suck up my pride and I'm not going to bring up anything she did. But I felt like that was the right thing. So I emailed her, I think. And then I drove out to her city, like an hour drive. I mean, this was a big deal. Like, I really want to make things right. We went to a cafe and I just shared, hey, here's where I blew it. Here's what I wish I did, yada, yada, yada. And um, I asked if she would forgive me. And her answer was, I don't think I can. Hmm. And uh and I was shocked because you know, I had I had played this conversation out I in my just head. drove an hour. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I played out how, I mean she's a believer too, mm-hmm. and you know, we could, mm-hmm. but I just had played out how this was gonna go and how I would leave, feel coming back. And this this was like, whoa, what just happened? She was just really hurt by what I had done to her and mm-hmm. crying, and how could you have done that? Da, da, da? And I, you know, even decide she just said, I can't. And I remember ending the conversation saying, if at some point you feel like you can. I would love to know that. Feel free to give me a call. And that was probably 10 years ago. I haven't heard back. So that's one of those things where like, God, I think I did mm-hmm. as far as I could. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I mean, I'm sure there's maybe more I can do, but, you know, I did I did my best. This is one of the stories where like, it wasn't, there was no, I, I don't have control over the other person. Right. All I could do was kind of own my part. And so that's why I appreciate that verse because sometimes you do everything you can and it takes too to restore trust and all that, I'm, I'm not trying to put it on her. I, she was she was very much hurt by me. Her hurt was very valid. So I don't want to say you know it's all her, but sometimes you just do your best and it, it doesn't work out. Yeah,
0: it's the the dynamicness of a relationship, right? It's right. Like yeah. You, right. We are all people. Right. People are yeah by nature not God. Right. Right.
1: So right. Yeah. We leave
0: yeah. room for God to do all yeah. the work in us, just as He is doing in the yeah. person. Right.
1: Um, And I'll just share one more story. I, the only ones I can think of right now. These make me sound like the hero and I, I I need to be I need to share stories from not the hero of on this one. But uh just a, a current relationship that's been really, really hard and um the person's not doing well. And my first thought was, Good. You know, <laughs> like that, you know, that's where I go. Like, uh-huh. yeah, spite of, you know, that, and again, God just convicted me is if you love this person, what would you be doing? Mm-hmm. And so I had to call this person and say, Hey, how are you doing? I want to pray for you and all that. But little things like that were mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you're just trying to do those things. So
2: Yeah, what are some like helpful coping mechanisms coping mechanisms you guys have um when it comes to kind of those issues of conflict because i know like a lot of times we're tempted to just react whatever however we want to react but what do you guys do to kind
0: of step back so i like to uh make sure my perspective is not the only perspective because sometimes i think Mm. when i i could replay this over and over in my head and then suddenly Mm. this person is like the total villain right right Mm. So sometimes I'll go to someone like my husband or a friend or yes, you know, people I work with here. I say, "Hey, this is what happened, yeah, and this is how I'm feeling. Like, mm-hmm. can can we talk about this? Because mm-hmm. I find sometimes getting that other perspective from that third mm-hmm. party who's not so, good. so emotionally vested, exactly, it can really point me to okay, where am I really hung up on on areas that's not helpful, yeah, and maybe what is valid. Yeah. Um, I mean, also like a therapist can do this. My therapist listen, be like, hey, yeah, I do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's helpful to to kind of get out of my own. Because I think a lot of times for me. Those things will eat away at me, and suddenly it becomes this yes. huge, yes. like tsunami of right. things. Right? Yeah.
1: That's really good. Yeah, I would totally echo that. That third and, and something you're saying that I think is helpful is we have these commands of forgiveness, and but it's okay to feel your initial feelings right. as a mm-hmm. way to get there. Mm-hmm. And I say that because sometimes we, we suppress those things, feeling like you right. know that's not what God wants. But I also feel like, and you look at the Psalms, David just. He was bitter mm-hmm. and then he was restored, but that that kind of, can I just be real of what I'm feeling? Mm-hmm. So I just think you're being real and you're bringing a third perspective, I think is really good. The other thing not to, I would say that I've done as well, that's been helpful is it relates to what you were saying earlier, Brown, that Romans 12 kind of starts with therefore, mm-hmm. and I just keep, I mean, my big thing is whenever I have a hard time being kind or forgiving someone who has not been kind to me, I just, God says... I've done way more for you, John, you know, like, hmm. you know, and I have everything I've forgiven you for. How can you not forgive this person? So it's just a, the humility of what God's done for me hmm. helps me have a lot more mercy on other people because I've done worse with God.
2: Um, yeah. You know, for me, I, I think of healthy and helpful distractions. Hmm. Um, not that you want to avoid the issue entirely, but I think when you're tempted to just react, it's, good to have kind of like go-to pause activities um like
1: what's an example
2: like for me i might go to the golf range Uh. you know and then just not and then get to a healthier place and then revisit it yep yep um and oftentimes at least for me those activities involve some degree of prayer yeah um and i think but but to Bronwyn's point, I think prayer in some ways is that way, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're going mm-hmm. to the spirit yep. and, and kind of checking against that yeah. uh, uh, perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I always think it's cool. Like even the book of Romans is written to a church. Mm-hmm. So these are, even though it sounds like Paul is writing to an individual, he's writing to a community. So mm-hmm. these are things that we can help one another in, um, even in our church.
1: So, and one thing you mentioned, David, was you know the whole di- idea of prayer. And Jesus does say, "Love your enemies and pray for those who mm. persecute you." Mm-hmm. Again, this is before any perhaps feeling has changed. But I have found it helpful to pray for people that I you know that label enemies is a big one. But you know, mm-hmm. someone who either are against me or I feel against them, just praying for them, I think does the Spirit does a work in me, and that's been helpful. And I think you can pray even if you're not there yet with your emotions. Yeah, Mm -hmm. You still pray for the person. God seems to change the emotions over time.
0: Definitely. I've had prayers, those kind of prayers where I say, God, I don't even know where to begin.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: Like I know, I I know I should be here in this place with prayer and with praying with you. Yeah. But I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. Mm. I don't even know what I feel or what I want. Right. Yeah. Um, And I think that's a valid thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I just want to transition the conversation a little bit because I would say and David, I'd be interested to hear—actually, both of you can weigh into this. I feel like forgiveness is fairly central to our healing. And both personal experience and praying for other people, that it seems like Satan has footholds in our lives. And one of the keys of releasing those footholds is forgiving those who have hurt us. Mm. And, it's, and, and you know, you talk to people who are into inner healing ministry or either, even physical healing ministry, and how much forgiveness— mm plays a key role in that. And I can definitely testify that into um, my my life as well. But I just want to, from your experiences being with people and, you know, Brian, when you have some background in inclusion and education, David, in counseling, what would you say is the importance of forgiveness in a general way? Why, why does God emphasize that so much, forgiving others?
0: I think of this metaphor when you, when you talk yeah. about that. I think about Forgiveness, right? If it continues to eat away, at you oftentimes for me it kind of begets bitterness, right? Is yes. the next thing, right? And bitterness, they say, is what like drinking, poison and waiting for the other person to die. Exactly. Like that is yeah. like we exactly. think of that, like that's so dumb. Why would I do right. that? Right? But I think we do that. And you know, I was thinking of a situation I was just talking to my husband about this <clears throat> not long ago, a couple of days ago. Um, someone there's someone out there um, in the world um, who has uh, hurt me and some and some friends of mine, and I heard that something. A kind of devastating happened to yeah, them, right? My first thought was, Good, you deserve mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, Oh man, like how do I yeah. become a pastor like that? Um, but I do think that is if if forgiveness is not addressed, if we don't pursue that path, yeah, yeah. we then go down the bitterness. Yeah, I think it's like this fork in the road, mm-hmm. and, and we go down that, and then we're drinking poison, waiting for the person to die, mm-hmm. and getting frustrated why they're not dead yet mm-hmm. because you know they right. should, right? Yeah, so I, I kind of think about it that way.
1: That's really good.
2: Yeah, I think forgiveness. We have to first and foremost remember that it's a process. It's not like a light switch. Mm -hmm. So for some people listening, they've probably experienced some very deep hurts where the topic of forgiveness might be hard to hear and listen to because of the extraordinary amount of pain Mm -hmm. that they've gone
0: through.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, And so for those individuals, I would just like to say that again, forgiveness is a process. So it's really Mm -hmm. about taking steps and any step is a good step. That's good. Right. Yeah. Um, And so, uh, you know, for example, I've had a friend who just experienced really kind of a painful experience in his childhood. And um, I met him like a few decades after he had experienced all that. And, While we were talking, uh, he had received a phone call that this person that had hurt him, um, that their father had died in a very kind of tragic way. And he had this kind of initial feeling of, you know, righteous, Mm -hmm. like, you know. And then it was immediately overtaken by this kind of deep feeling of shame. Like, how can I be this kind of person? And then that was actually the trigger point that led him to start taking those steps towards forgiveness. And it was a long process, Yeah, but um, it was kind of little steps there. So I I would say, first, it's that delicate balance of understanding that the pain is valid Mm -hmm. and whatever was done to you was probably not right Mm
0: -hmm. and was probably
2: unjust. That's right. But at the same time, to move on, kind of like what Bronwyn was saying, for your sake as well as their sake, and I think that's why we need Jesus. Like this is a miraculous act, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. any little baby step of forgiveness is with is in itself an experience of a miracle. I feel, Mm -hmm. and so when you start kind of putting all those pieces together, forgiveness, while painful and frustrating and difficult, is also enjoyable because you get to partake in kind of, you know, the miracle that is being a follower of Jesus Christ. So, yeah. yeah.
1: So good. So good. There's that other phrase, Bronwyn, you mentioned the drinking poison, hoping the other person will die. Is forgiveness is uh, freeing somebody, only realize the person that you're freeing is yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's just huge. It's forgiveness is almost way more for you than it is for the person you're forgiving in some ways. So, Bronwyn given all that we talked about, what's one thing you would want for our church in light of all this?
0: I think I go back to the part about the reason why Paul puts this in. It's not yeah. just like this random postscript to make the chapter <laughs> right. longer or like, oh, Brandon had to preach this week. We're going to throw something in. It is, he goes back in, because at the beginning, because of God's mercies, we can mm-hmm. be transformed and live changed. And I would, mm-hmm. like all of us, to give that space to God for him to change and transform us. Yeah. Cause I think like you mentioned earlier, a lot of times we want to do all, we want to have all this control over ourselves and how, how it goes. But if we say, okay, God change me, transform me. That is like mm-hmm. a whole humble giving up of ourselves. Right. And I think when we do that, then we see what God is mm-hmm. up to. And we go through that process. We can go through that process of forgiveness, that like truly miraculous process that it is. I think mm-hmm. hey, giving, let us give some space to God to transform us as, as as an individual as a church as a congregation right let's see what happens great great oh thank you so much brown it was so good to have you preach and thank
1: you for using all your gifts of including multi-generations in a service oh, that was fun yeah it was just great to celebrate with thank the whole you. family in our worship together service all right you guys well god bless you guys great to be with you we pray and hope you enjoy this podcast we'll talk to you next week